you ever have that crazy uncle or grandfather or relative who, like mine, counted in that uh, one for you and two for me and three for you and four for me and five for you and six for me. And by the time you get to 10, they, you got a totally different count on one side versus the other. That kind of counting is, well, it's corruption, but it's meant to be funny. And if I guess if it's in your favor, then it's kind of cool because you win. I mean, the count seems to be fair. I'm, I'm giving you one and then two and then three and then four. But in the end, whoever gets the most seems to benefit the most. That's not fairness, is it? Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five-minute videos, five days a week. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. It's not just in those, you know, crazy uncles or grandparents or, or neighbors or friends that you went to school with who want to count things out in weird ways that we find that level of situational ethics. It feels good for me today uh, because you've made that decision in that way. And so I'm really going to fight for, for my right for you to always make that decision in my favor without regard for how it comes out for anybody else. But what we forget sometimes is that leadership doesn't have the privilege, the opportunity, leadership doesn't have the right to decide in the favor of one particular individual based on circumstances alone. There's a reason that we have rules, that we have what's intended to be a level playing field. There are reasons that we have all of these things in place to make sure that application of rules applies across the board. And the sad thing is when those laws, those rules, those guidelines are not applied across the board. When one group of people, whether it's because of their background, their education level, their skin color, the money that they have in the bank, the education level they have, if that's the reason that they're getting the win every time, then that's corruption. And if there's another group of people and based on their skin color or their education level or their national background or their way of believing and they're always getting the shaft, the short end of the stick, the bad deal left with nothing left for broke, then that also is corruption. The reason that we have rules is that they would be applied evenly across the board. Now, unfortunately, what that means sometimes is that once those rules are established or they're put in place, Leaders have an obligation to know the rules, to apply the rules, and to follow the rules. Even when the people receiving the outcome of the rules don't like them. When in our household we've had a rule about lying, or about tattling, or about disobedience, or about rebellion, standing up and yelling no at mom or dad, we've applied that rule evenly. Even when it wasn't as blatant, one child may stand up and scream in your face. The other one just refuse what, what they're supposed to be doing. Maybe in a very subtle or even passive aggressive way of, I'm not going to do what you tell me to. I'm just going to go to my room and close and lock the door. Well, it's the same kind of rebellion. And a just leader exercises the punishment, whether it's I take away your cell phone or you get a SWAT or you stand in the corner for 20 minutes, whatever that punishment is, standing up and yelling in your face, if what you're disciplining is rebellion, gets the same punishment 
as going to your room and closing and locking the door because it's the same response. And see, the challenge for a lot of people is defining what is the problem that we're dealing with. If the problem that you're dealing with is corruption, then the punishment should equal the corruption, not necessarily the magnitude of corruption. And the challenge for a lot of people is they want to look at the egregiousness, the attitude behind, the, the end result of, and punish based on that. So let me give you a really quick example to close. If my boys, which was very common when they were young, were playing football in the house, which they did a lot, if I told them, guys, take the football outside, you're not supposed to be throwing the football in the house. And they continued to throw the football in the house. The next time the football comes flying through the house, whatever the punishment for disobedience is, should be attached to the football flying through the house. Even if nothing is broken, even if no one got hurt, just the fact that they were given an order and they refused to do it. Rebellion. There should be a punishment for that rebellion because that's how we maintain order. Now, at the same token, again, it doesn't matter if that's I take away your phone for a week or you get one SWAT or you get five SWATs or you stand in the corner for 20 minutes. It doesn't matter what that is. If the punishment for disobedience, the punishment for rebellion is already determined and throwing the football in the house is rebellion or disobedience, that punishment should be exacted against that behavior. Here's where people get messed up. If I told them five times, stop throwing the football in the house, that doesn't escalate the punishment to five times the, the punishment. You don't get five swats just because I've told you five times. You don't get an hour in timeout just because I've told you five times. You don't lose your phone five times or five times as long just because I told you five times. My delay in executing the punishment doesn't change the level of the punishment. Nor does it if throwing the football through the house means you broke the television. And see, this is where a lot of leaders go wrong, in my opinion, as parents, as business leaders, and even in law enforcement. Because now there's the cost of the television. And now you've got to look at it and go, I told you, stop throwing the football in the house. And now there's a little anger and now there's a little emotion. You're not going to get to watch Sports Center this weekend or mom's not going to get to watch MasterChef this weekend. And so now there's emotion involved in the justice or the punishment. And now we have a big problem because we have a situation where emotion is higher than the intent of the violation. They were just as wrong to throw the football in the house the third time after you said stop doing that as they were the fifth time when they knocked the television over. And their behavior didn't escalate, just the consequences of their behavior. So the question now is, does the punishment meet the behavior or the damage done by the behavior? And that's why in our legal system in the United States, we have both criminal and civil punishment. And when the criminal punishment is met, in this case, if it was one SWAT for disobedience, it's one SWAT. If it's 20 minutes in timeout for disobedience, it's 20 minutes in timeout. If it's you lose your phone for a week, you lose your phone for a week. That's the way the discipline works for the behavior. 
But the outcome of the behavior was not that you knocked over a glass and now you have to clean up the floor. It was that you damaged the television, which means for the next three to six months, you're going to be mowing the yard for zero dollars and zero cents. What you might have gotten paid for, you're now paying for a television. That's the equivalent of a civil penalty. Yep, you did something wrong. The situation of your behavior caused damage beyond just doing what you're told. If you'd done what you were told, the damage wouldn't have been done. If you'd stopped playing football when you were told to stop playing football in the house, the TV wouldn't have gotten broken and you wouldn't have gotten a SWAT or a timeout or lost your phone for a week. And that's the way leaders are supposed to execute proper rules. If taking a bribe, a gift, I know when I was at a, a Fortune 50 company, I received a ballpoint pen. And who would have thought that a ballpoint pen could get you in legal trouble, but actually someone from a department above me came down and said, I just need to look at the pen and figure out what it is so we can get an assessment of the value. If it's under XYZ value, you can keep it. If it's over that, we have to send it back to the client because it's considered bribery. And I'm like, why is it bribery? It's a customer appreciation gift. Just like when I take a, an advertising client to lunch or something, it's a customer appreciation gift or it's a relationship. They said, yeah, but there's a dollar limit on that. And those rules apply to everyone. The deals that you make may be a few hundred dollars, but some people make deals that are two or three hundred thousand dollars. And if the size of the gift is commensurate with the size of the sale, then it's called corruption and we can't do that. So as a big company, we have to put the swatch on all of that. So if your gift is over this dollar figure, which is the company policy company wide, then you have to send it back. Turns out it was like three dollars under that. So I got to keep it. I still have the pen. It's pretty cool. But the reality is the policy applies to everybody, regardless of your level. The same policy in your home, the same policy in the streets when it comes to law and order, the same policy in the government, it should apply all the way across. And when it doesn't, when the policy is different for one person than it is for another, that's called corruption. Leaders don't have the privilege of making up the rules as they go. Leaders don't have the privilege of choosing which rules that are enforced or not enforced based on the situation. And the situation might be the circumstances surrounding the event, the things that happened, the emotions involved in the event, or the particular people involved in the event. Leaders don't get the luxury of deciding how the rules will apply just because the people are people they like or don't like. That's not how it works. Leadership needs to understand that at every level. The leader in the classroom, the leader on the playground, the leader in the, in the streets of law enforcement, or the leader in the hospital who has to determine who gets patient care first. And all the way up to the highest levels of every government in the world, the rules apply to everyone equally, or the rules don't apply at all. Leaders don't have the luxury of situational ethics. That's called corruption. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.